The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. MSW Media. Hey, this is Nick Jonas, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Oh, damn, oh, damn, oh, damn, I'm so perplexed with just one breath of mine. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this, the 136th episode of What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Can you believe it? 136. They they said we'd never get here, but we did. And we also did some three-minute bartender. We've been very busy. So yay us. Coming up on... This episode, boy, is it exciting. I have two chats. I'm going to be doing it from the Firestone Walker uh, Brewery here in Venice, California. They call it the Propagator. It's a brew pub. They got great food. I'm going to be over there talking to Matt Brinelson. Matt Brinelson is the head brewmaster for Firestone Walker Beer. He is one of the best in the world. He's been Brewer of the Year six times the Great American Beer Festival. He's been champion brewmaster four times at the World Beer Cup. The guy knows beer, and he's going to be telling us all about it in just a few minutes. Also joining us, he's a Philadelphia-born actor, been in The Affair, Mank, Steve Jobs. He's on Never Have I Ever on Netflix. His name's Adam Shapiro. He's here because he started a new venture during the pandemic, the Shappy Pretzel Company. That's right. He's making genuine Philadelphia-style soft pretzels in Los Angeles. It's incredible. Seriously, you, you've probably seen it on, on Kelly and Ryan. They had him on there. Ryan Sequest, Seacrest went crazy over this. Shappy's going to be on the show, too, shortly. Speaking of going crazy... Our, uh, one of our correspondents, the great Brad Jaffe, brought it to my attention. Sent me a text saying, cease and desist, question mark, and with a link to an article. So there is a website called Cool Material. Not very familiar with it. I don't know how cool it actually is. Right now, I'm not cool with them. They have a, here, I'll just read it to you. It's cool Material. It says, what we're drinking. Mr. Black and Whistlepig Barrel-Aged Coffee Liqueur, 1792 Bourbon, and more. And then there's a little note that says, Welcome to What We're Drinking, a recurring column here at Cool Material. 
No, no, no. Cool material. What we're drinking is the name of this show, the number one adult beverage show in America. That's what what we're drinking. It's not a recurring column, or at least it shouldn't be. I've been around longer than you. I am going to have to send a strongly worded letter, I believe. And then if that doesn't work, I'll get my solicitors on this. Screw with us. You do not want to screw with a litigious drinker. I won't let it go. So come up with a different name, Cool Material. First of all, come up with a different name for your stupid site, Cool Material. What is that? Pretentious dribble. Cool Material. What we're drinking. Jesus. I'm upset now. I need some beer. Let's just get right to the interview with Matt Brindleson. Let's just do it. I want to I want to drink. Now. It's driving me to drink. I am at a property known as the Propagator. It's located in my hometown, Venice Beach, California. Propagator is owned by Firestone Walker. Regular listeners to this show know that I love Firestone Walker. I would say I'm a big beer guy. I don't always drink beer. But when I do, it's Firestone Walker to borrow a popular catchphrase. And joining me now, uh, he's, he's, they call him Merlin. It's his nickname. And, and uh, it comes, he's renowned as one of the world's leading brewmasters. He has been at Firestone Walker since 2001 as the head brewmaster. He oversees all facets brewery operations. He's been named champion brewmaster four times. The World Beer I've only won it twice myself. <laughs> Four times at the World Beer Cup. That's impressive. And Brewer of the Year six times. Six times. Brewer of the Year at the Great American Beer Festival. Not to be confused, mediocre American Beer Festival. You don't want to go to that one. It's not that good. He's also received, by the way, by the time I'm done with his introduction, we're going to have to wrap the show. He's also received the Russell Scherer Award for Innovation in Craft Brewing. Jesus, man. It's too much. You guys have done too much. Please welcome Matt Brindelson. Matt, how are you, buddy? I'm um, great. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Thanks it's, for coming down. It's great to have you coming down. I made that <laughs> trek, that whole mile from my house over to here. Uh, you came down. You, yes. you live up in, in the Central Coast, right? Correct. I live in San Luis Obispo, uh, but the brewery is in sunny Paso Robles, California, right in the middle of wine country. Can you straighten us out? You said it right there. It's Robles. Because some people say Robles. Yeah, some will say El Paso de Robles. I say Paso Robles. But I'm from Minnesota, so maybe I don't say it correct. I never know. I I say Robles, too, but then a lot of people still say Robles. Um, You make just phenomenal beer. There's so many beers here at Firestone Walker, and I had David Walker on the show a while back, and he kind of turned me on to some. In fact, I was telling David about my reluctance to drink beer because I thought calorically wasn't agreeing with my belly but david sort of set me straight right good, he said good. if i'm drinking a cocktail most a lot of times that cocktail will have more uh calories in it than the beer right yeah it's very true and i think there's also a, a little bit of a misnomer that some of these seltzers that they're all basically calorie free but yeah. anything with alcohol has calories I, I hate to be the buzzkill there okay now you beer's your thing how did you come to beer what was your what's your journey like how did you come from you said minnesota yeah to now being one of the top 
brewmasters in the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, they drink a lot of beer back in Minnesota. Yeah. And uh, so that was a, a very uh, a, a, a pastime that I took passionately. Uh, turned into home brewing. And I fortuitously landed in Kalamazoo, Michigan for college. And that's home to what is now one of the most famous uh, most famous craft brewers in uh, kind of the middle of the country, Bell's Brewing Company. So I was in a way weaned on Bell's beer, um, learned to homebrew, and the rest is history. I, I, I went off to Chicago and became the head brewer of Goose Island Beer Company. Um, lived in Chicago. Goose, I- Goose Island's one of those ones. It was a small beer, and then it kind of blew up, right? Yeah, it's, it's a big international brand now, um, but uh, I was there in the early years. And that's really where I cut my teeth. And then I came to the West Coast uh, of what I thought was the, the big leagues of craft brewing. Um, the likes of Sierra Nevada, Anchor Brewing were out here, so I needed to come west uh, and really learn what it was it all about. What would be the birthplace of the modern craft beer movement? Would it be California? I would say that, I, I, yes, and um, uh, Northern California specifically, and I give a ton of credit to Ken Grossman, who started Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, although they weren't the first. They certainly put it on the national map. Um, and what we now call West Coast IPA, or the most popular craft style IPA, was born here uh, in California for sure. What defines West Coast IPA? Uh, it's a great question because right now maybe one of the most popular styles and what we have in front of us is the hazy or juicy IPA style. And this has origins in New England um, on the East Coast. But to answer your question about West Coast, West Coast is defined by a maybe bright to slightly haze in its in its visual effect um but mostly it's about pungent hop aroma flavor and assertive bitterness and it's all about flavor and i think the reason it became so popular was it was such a huge differentiator from your dad's industrial lager beer you know um other planet other side of the world other side of the galaxy in terms of flavor and that really got things cooking in the craft beer industry and drew a lot of people in. And now there's all sorts of derivations of IPA, including this kind of hazy, juicy style that's so popular now. Okay, so this one, the one I have in my hand here is what again? This is Mind Haze. Mind Haze. Yeah. Okay. Tell people about the haze. Where does it come from? <laughs> that's a great question. And um, it's not necessarily from the yeast, although... Uh, the yeast strain that's employed to make the beer does have something to do with it. But it's usually uh, a, a, a derivative of the raw materials. We use a lot of wheat and oats, um, and that adds this nice kind of hazy opalescence to the beer. So, you know, that's the visual effect. And then the flavor effect. My favorite effect, by the way, the yeah, flavor part. The Let me flavor try part. There. I'm get in there. Oh. And it should come across as really smooth. Um, I don't want to say mouth coating, but it should have a really nice texture, and the bitterness is lower. And and whereas West Coast style IPA traditionally has a higher bitterness, it's a little crisper, it's a little cleaner. These hazy IPAs are all about kind of this sweet, juicy, almost tropical fruit. It's uh, very character. you hear this a lot, but it's very drinkable. Oh yeah, it's uh, not to say that it's not complex, but it's it's a lot of t- the thing that always worried me when I start going down like sort of the beer aficionado slash geek rabbit hole is sometimes you get beers where they're like, try this. And I'm going, Oh my God. Like it's, it's overwhelming whether it's, you know, it's bitter or it's, and, and these are, I'm, I guess you're getting into some of the, 
heartier type of beers. But this is right up my alley here. This yeah, is- I mean, the thing, same thing happens in wine. I mean, there are those really interesting beers that on the first sip are just explosive with character and, and aggressive. And they're interesting for a few sips. But, you know, I, we learn in brewing school, and I think what m- most brewers learn is it's all about balance and drinkability, no matter what the style is, um, if you really want to appeal to, you know, most folks when it comes to beer. I'm all about drinking beers. I'm all about beers that have... So it would be a session beer, as you could say, right? Yeah, Isn't that the exactly. term we I, use, session think, beers? You can, yeah, this, I, could you say this is a session beer? Could you drink? Oh, absolutely, yeah. especially within the style of hazy IPA. This would definitely be a session hazy IPA, no doubt. Now, how long have you been making this particular beer? Oh, man, we're on, I think, our third full season of Mind Haze, and it's now our number one selling IPA. Not our best-selling beer, but our best-selling IPA. So w- explain that to me now. When you say seasons, is it a different beer from year to year? Oh, I just, you know, mark the calendar year, essentially. Gotcha, you know, yeah. but it is, it is the same beer. Yes. Are there beers that have the same name, the, the same brand, of beer, but that differentiate from year to year? Do you ever do anything like that? Whereas, you know, obviously wine... Is going to be different from vintage to vintage. Do you have anything like that in the beer world? Oh, absolutely. Um, we do a number of one-off, uh, what we call the Propagator Series beers, and we have a couple of them here um, that we focus on new or experimental hop varieties. And we only get a limited amount of those hops, so they become somewhat of a seasonal or a quarterly release where we just get to really focus on that hop for a short amount of time. Um, in the moment, we have a West Coast IPA that uses a hop called Idaho Gem, grown in, obviously, Idaho in the Pacific Northwest, and another one that uses strata hops, which is this super dank, interesting, tropical-driven hop from Oregon. So it kind of allows us as brewers to have some fun for a little bit, um, and it's really fun for the, for the beer drinker to associate with these different uh, hop varieties. Folks, you ready for some tough love? You ready to hear a hard truth? Okay, good, because I'm going to lay it on you. You can buy the finest, fanciest, most expensive spirits in the world to make craft cocktails at home, but if you use crap mixers, you're going to get crap drinks. Let's face it, whipping up cocktails at home can be an expensive hassle. That's why my fridge is always well-stocked with Fresh Victor. Fresh Victor is a line of all-natural, clean-label cocktail mixers that brings the magic of Master Mixologist into your home. All the ingredients are fair trade sourced. There's no artificial anything. The mixers are produced at a 100% solar-powered juicing plant with absolutely no waste. Fresh Victor features seven unique blends with contemporary flavors designed to suit any palate. There's delicious combos like pineapple and ginger root, which I love with little vodka, cactus pear and pineapple, which I love with little vodka, and cucumber and lime. I put rum in that one. And right now, right now, Fresh Victor is offering a funky fresh deal to my listeners. Simply go to freshvictor.com, fill up your shopping cart with some great mixers, and at checkout, enter promo code WWD20, that's what we're drinking, WWD20, to get 20% off your order. So if you order $50 worth of mixers, it'll only cost you 40 Yeah. You're welcome. Go to FreshVictor.com, fill up your shopping cart, and at checkout, enter promo code WWD20 to get 20% off your order. That's fresh. How how do you go about, I mean, the internet obviously helps, but how do you find out about these hops? How do you, how do you go, do you go seek them out? Are you looking for the most unusual stuff? I mean, how does, or is it just 
you get a memo. Hey, these hops are available. <laughs> Try these. Well, you know, I think, again, you know, paralleling the wine industry, a lot of great winemakers spend a lot of time in the vineyard. They really know the, 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 the cultivars or the varieties of grapes, and they let that be their guiding light when they're we're creating new wines. Um, and, and I think winemakers actually spend more time in the field than a typical brewer. The equivalent of that would be going to the hop fields and meeting hop growers, um, getting to know the new experimental varieties that are coming up, and then once they're named and become commercial cultivars, getting our hands on them, knowing who to talk to, getting them back to the brewery in good shape, and getting a chance to work through some recipes with them. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's where it starts kind of getting really interesting for a brewer in the raw material uh, side of things. Do you compare notes with other brewers? Do you have got, Is there like a community of brewers that get together? And that, that seems like that'd be a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. Brewers are awesome networkers. Um, you know, there's really no like corporate secrets held in breweries that I'm aware of. Uh, this afternoon, after I'm done with this interview, I'm going across town to Highland Park and I'm brewing a beer with those guys. We're going to actually be brewing a big gnarly stout. So it's a different type of beer. Um, and there's all sorts of exchange and learning that's going to happen uh, when that goes down. You mentioned stout, the different kinds of beers. What are the what are the most popular or most consumed styles of beer? I got to figure a lager would be number one, right? Uh, internationally, in the greater beer world, lager is king, and for all the reasons we talked about earlier, um, high sessionability, you know, reasonable alcohol content. Um, you know, it seems like everyone agrees with lager, and lager agrees with everyone. Um, in the craft beer world, as we mentioned, IPAs are king. And it kind of depends regionally where you are at, the type of IPA. And this style has kind of subdivided into all sorts of interesting beers. Uh, we talked about Mind Haze as our kind of sessionable um, IPA. But what's also become really popular are the double IPAs. And we have a glass here of our double Mind Haze. And honestly, I think within the hazy IPA style... Um, this is fast becoming, you know, the most popular amongst, again, the aficionados. Higher alcohol content, 8, 8.5%. Um, but it just, at that strength, showcases the hops. And in this case, just amazing tropical characteristics. And I think when people start familiarizing themselves with all the better uh, hazy IPA um, producers, they start finding this tropical, juicy characteristic is something you don't find anywhere else in the beer world. When you say double IPA, does that mean you're using two different kinds of hops? Or? It essentially means, well, maybe twice as much in the hopping, uh, but also twice as strong in alcohol. Now, how does the alcohol content work in beer? Say, we know how it works in, in, in spirits, obviously. It's, you know, you're watering, you're, 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 you're proofing it down. How does it work in beer? So it really comes down to the amount of malted barley or raw materials we put into the front end of the process. So we create a stronger wort which is the precursor to beer that's fermented to create alcohol and CO2, um, we just create a stronger wort. So, you know, like your uh, whiskey analogy, it's a stronger proof to start with. Now, we don't blend it down uh, in our process. We usually brew at strength. Okay. This one, uh, now, th- I, when I'm trying this right now, I, it definitely has more oomph to it. Yeah. I can feel it. But, but again, refreshing. Like, really, you know, and you're saying it eight. 8.5% right. alcohol on this. So this is not for the faint of heart, this beer here. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I still feel like a strong... This is a shorter session beer. <laughs> it's a couple of these. Yeah, this is a short, <laughs> short session. I'm, I've had a couple, and yeah, now I'm done. Uh, it's absolutely delicious, man. And, and just for those of you, I was going to say for those of you listening at home as opposed to sitting here with me, um, everyone who's not Matt... 
Uh, the color on this, you ca- it kind of got like this light golden color. It is hazy, hence the name. Uh, it it you can see the creaminess in the beer. You can look at it and see it just got, and that follows through on the mouthfeel on this thing too. It yeah. kind of coats your mouth when you drink it. it. It's really, really something else. I, I think that's why this style has become so popular. Is that it has kind of a, a, a hidden sweet element. It doesn't have the bitterness of a lot of other beers, and it just has this agreeable fruity aroma. That I don't know who wouldn't like that aroma and flavor. Matt, you are one of the leading beer experts in the world. When you're home, or you're out, you're, you're home, you, you just went for a run. You get back, you're sweating, you're getting, you're, I need a, what's, what beer are you cracking? What's the, what's the beer, post-run beer? Yeah, I mean, I'm famous amongst brewers anyway to, to really push the, pil, the Pilsner, which we had with lunch <laughs> we before did, we yes. sat down. <laughs> Um, and that's Pete Pivo, right? Pivo, yeah. That, that's my go-to pretty much all of the time. Um, and again, you know, we talked about lagers being popular worldwide. There's a real, um, you know, sensibility to these beers. This particular one is a little hoppier than the average Pilsner. Um, but it's just crisp, refreshing, all the things I want after a run. Yeah, for sure. I, I remember the first uh, Pilsner that struck me. You know, I, again, I grew up in Philly. Just, you know, we were drinking Budweiser shit like that or Bush. Bush. Weren't you drinking Yingling? Head for the mountains of Bush. Uh, yeah, Yingling was definitely there. Uh, but th- I remember the first one that I had that I was like, wow, this is impressive, was uh, Pilsner or Kell. Oh, there you go. And that from Prague, right? Oh, yeah. And that's one of the... Probably the world's most famous Pilsner beer. Um, and and still to this day is, is brewed with exceptional quality and is a benchmark in the industry for Bohemian Pilsner, which is a little different take on the Pilsner style. So like the IPA we were talking about, depending on the region that that Pilsner was made, there's a distinct flavor, uh, probably comes from the barley grown in that region, uh, the hops that were used. And in that particular case, that is, yeah, that is a bedrock cornerstone beer uh, in terms of Pilsner. Now, you mentioned the, the, the stuff that goes in it. Certainly with spirits, they talk about the importance. In Scotland, it's always about the water source. Where the water, how, how big of a role does water play in beer production? Does oh, it? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's the most important ingredient because most beers are 80 to 90% water. Um, and here we're having this conversation in L.A. where water is scarce and quality might not always be spot on or consistent. So as brewers, we learn how to filter water. That might be using reverse osmosis, for instance. People are familiar with that to really purify the water. And then we can add minerals back to replicate any water of any major world water source. So back to your Pilsner Kell, um, that is that brewery is built over one of the softest water aquifers in the area. And it's part of the reason why that brewery did so well over the ages. Um, obviously, modern... Uh, technology has afforded us the ability to manipulate water and to create cleaner water to brew with no matter where we're at. Do you get these young brewers coming to you? Are they making pilgrimages up? Because, I mean, Firestone Walker is a, is a, is a big beer, uh-huh. relatively speaking. I mean, it's not Budweiser, but it's... And, and the reputation, obviously, there, your reputation, reputation is impeccable. Do you, do you get young uh, brewers coming and like, hey, can I come hang out and watch what you do? Are you cool with that? Oh, I, I'm cool with it, and I'm always honored. And, yeah, we do get a little bit of that. And like today, like I said, I'm going across town, Highland Park. It's a younger brewery. I'm just fascinated with what they're doing. I taste what they're doing, and it kind of it, it keeps me motivated to keep, uh, keep my, my uh, you keep know. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is it, now, on the flip side of that, is there, you know, because it, beer took off so much is there some that you go oh no you should probably stop what you're doing right now because uh, well, I, mean, I mean i've had some spirits brands where you go 
it gets to the point where you're like, okay, enough. Yeah. Wave the flag. No more. No more of this. Like, it's not good. You know? I, yeah, I think naturally those those producers who aren't making great quality go to the wayside. I mean, I, I think there's just there's enough players in the business, whether it's beer, wine, spirits, um, you know, but the best always seem to rise to the top, for yeah. sure. And this play, just so everybody knows, set the scene here, I mean, where we are, it's in the Propagator. Why do you call it that? Why? We call it the Propagator because this is the first place we put a test brewery in, and we're making behind the glass over here uh, all of our trial brews that will later become uh, production brews. Or, you know, some of them might not, but it's our experimental brewery. So you, you, you make them here and you actually serve them and try them out and see how people respond. Yeah, not only here, but in our tasting rooms in Buellton and up in Pass Robles as well. So we really get um, an opportunity for our fan base to taste these kind of experimental beers. Uh, if something looks like it's working, you know, we'll continue to kind of tweak it till it's ready for production. So it's really been an integral part of our kind of innovation program here. And so everybody knows it's a big, it's a big space here, and, and as is the case in a lot of places down here in Southern California or across California, now they've got the parking lot going because COVID made that necessary. And it's, a, it's just a lovely space right by Washington and Lincoln Boulevard. So if you're down in the Venice, it's right on the border of Venice and Marina del Rey. And I had lunch here, and it was fantastic as well, and I loved drinking it. So I loved eating it. And what else we got here beer-wise? I'm looking around. There's a lot, yeah, well, we of, lot of beer on this Yeah, we talked about these Propagator series. Let's just try one of our cocktail-inspired beers. Um, this one is called Tequila Barrel Sunrise. And this is a complete departure uh, from what we've tried thus far. Let me pass this over to you here so you get it yeah. a little bit in your glass. So, um, so I can already see this is a much darker beer than what we have. This is almost a, a you know medium brown color. Yeah, and and this particular beer comes out of what we call our vintage barrel aging program. So, you know, we've been talking about spirits on and off the air here. Uh, We have some relationships with some distillers back east. A lot of them are in Kentucky. We bring bourbon barrels that have just been dumped to the central coast. We don't rinse them out. We don't wash them because we want all of that spirit that's left behind to retain, be retained in the barrel. And then we brew special beers, rack them into those barrels and age in those barrels uh, in our aging cellar. And then uh, Eric Ponce, who is our kind of barrel manager, does a lot of blending and he's got a bit of a cocktail tooth. So he's been getting into cocktail inspired barrel age blends. So this particular one was aged in a tequila barrel for a little over a year. And then he used some orange bitters, he used some hibiscus to color it, some citrus to kind of riff off of the tequila sunrise cocktail. Give it a, give it a shot. Oh, wow. Yeah. You totally, well, you, you're, you're definitely getting that orange flavor that's coming out. Which yeah. And there's a sweetness to this, but it's not, it's not overly sweet, but it's, it's a very pleasant sweetness to it. And yeah, man, that's that. Yeah, so these beers, they'll come out of stainless steel and go into the wood, and oftentimes they are a little edgy, they have a little bit of bitterness to them, and the, mellow, the, the barrel just mellows them out, just like it would a spirit. Um, and we pick up a little bit of the spirit essence, we get the tannin from the wood, and it really plays amazingly well with these beers, much like it would with a spirit or even with wine. And then some of the artistry comes in the blending, like taking different lots of these barrels, blending them together, using some adjuncts like hibiscus, like citrus fruit, like orange bitters. And in the end, you end up with these really interesting beers. And again, this is something that I would pour for someone if they said, I don't like beer, you know, but I like cocktails. Oh, give this a try. Yeah, and this is this is that kind of thing that, again, you're not going to sit down and probably drink six of these while watching the game, but it, but it's such a, 
unique flavor. Yeah. That I think it would be a really cool thing to bring to a party. Yeah. You know, and and that, that's what I wanted to ask you too before we let you go. Matt, is is what about pairing these beers with food? Yeah. Uh, I mentioned earlier, what would you do after a run? What, what beer are you drinking with a stick? Or are you making a burger? What are you going to have? Yeah, there's a couple different directions you, you can go, but I think as long as we're on the barrel-age side of things, I think these beers really get chefs excited because there's some familiar flavors of either cocktails, spirits, or if we use wine barrels, things that they're familiar with with, with pairing with their food. Um, and we can even kind of customize these beers as brewers to really work with certain dishes. I mean, you mentioned uh, a steak of red meat. I think of we make a couple different stouts that we age in barrels that get this kind of chocolate, almost mole-like character to them that pairs so well with red meat. Um, I could take a full about face, though, and say that our original flagship beer, Double Barrel Ale, which was the beer that started the company, is probably the best companion to the steak, to a steak that I've ever had. I mean, it's just this amazing, again, 5% sessionable beer. You don't really think about it. It just helps everything work better together on the table. So, you know, I always say, like, you know, most chefs know this already, but beer works so well with food, um, and it's a very sensible beverage that just, you know, has such versatility. Speaking of beer and food coming up i'm going to be eating shappy's pretzels right here it's a new phenomenon here in los angeles uh created by actor adam shapiro he's going to be joining me in just a little bit we're going to pair some of matt's great uh beers with pretzels Matt, you you we would keep your but you got to go, man. You got to you got to go make some other beer with some uh, youngins There's, here. There, there are a few things that go as well with beers, pretzels though. That's it's an amazing combination. I'm very excited for that, and and I just want to thank you, man, for coming on and learning us, learning. <laughs> I you know I I just don't clearly I don't know enough about beer, but last time when David was on, he sort of taught me a few things. I've learned a bit. Next time, <laughs> I, I figure after episode ten. From Firestone Walker, I will at least be serviceable as a beer guy. Uh, Matt Burleson, he's the, he is the legend in the beer world, and I, I really appreciate you coming. Where can people find you on the social media? Is just the Firestone Walker? You got your yeah, own thing you, going? You just or? do the whole, like, uh, mine's FW underscore Brewmaster on the uh, Instagrams there. But, yeah, you just Google Firestone. You'll find all sorts of fun stuff. Thank you, man, and good luck at Highland Park. Thank you so much. Don't, don't. Don't tell them too much. <laughs> Don't give away too many secrets, man. Okay, You're, I'll try not to. Too good to let them steal this shit off you. <laughs> That's what I feel. I'm worried about you. I'm worried <laughs> that people are trying to, you know, get you out there and be like, let's uh, steal some no, of his no, secrets. No, now no, you got no. you got certain things you're never going to give away. Yeah, every brewmaster has a couple tricks in their bag that they don't let out. So, yeah, probably. We'll be right <laughs> back with Adam Shapiro here at Firestone Walker. As the host of a show called What We're Drinking, people often ask me, hey, what are you drinking? When it comes to American-made whiskey, my go-to is Rabbit Hole. Their unique recipes were created by their founder, a guy named Cave. He and his team at Rabbit Hole spare no expense in making their bourbon and rye. They have their own cooking methods and use top-of-the-line grains. They never chill filter, and they use barrels that are toasted, charred, and wood-fired, which almost nobody does. What you end up with is a line of bourbon and rye with these really rich, deep flavors that are unlike anything you've ever tasted. What are you having? It's a question as old as the bartending profession itself. And if you ask me, the answer is Rabbit Hole. I'm having a great time here at Firestone Walker Brewhouse in Venice, California. A lot of that has to do with the delicious beers I've been having made by Matt Brindelson 
legend who just joined us. And I'm about to have some more beer with a new guest who has come bearing gifts. He's a fellow Philadelphian and an actor. Yo. Yeah, he starred in Steve Jobs' Mank and The Affair. Can currently be seen on the hit Netflix series Never Have I Ever. During quarantine, like so many people, he turned to baking. It's a way to pass the time and feel a little comfort of home. It's funny, I turned to porn. Same for the same reasons. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to let him tell you how that baking thing panned out. Welcome to the show. Adam Shapiro. Hi, yes. man. What's up, my man? Good to see you, brother. Cheers. Yeah, Philly in the, his house. Yo. So, uh, I first off, go birds. Welcome, go birds. Welcome to Firestone Walker. We got beers in front of us, but we also have we got shappy pretzels. Tell us about the shappy. We got shappy pretzel. So yeah, like you said, pandemic started. I did what everybody else was doing, which was just you know baking, eating my feelings, yeah, uh, eating my anxiety. And I'm like, everybody else went the sourdough route. I made a left on broad <laughs> and decided I got to learn how to make the Philly soft pretzel that I grew up with. Because as you know, in Philly, nobody makes them. They're too, they're too prevalent. They're right there on the corner. The guy's sure. selling them. Yeah. Y- y- your pretzel guy's got Nobody the makes them at home. You mean. Why would you make them yeah, never. at home? They're right on your corner. Yeah. So I didn't have anybody to go to. I didn't have a recipe. And then there's no recipes online. Because it's really in Philly, there's like a few pretzel shops that make them for the whole city. They pump out like thousands of these things, and so I just got like really crappy soft pretzel recipes offline, and then just started kind of trial and erroring my way to a Philly pretzel, which was like a couple months of really shitty soft pretzels. And then one day, I pulled out a batch from the oven, and I was like, "Oh my, you got it! I got it!" Well, I got them in front of me, and I I, I want to. I definitely want to dive in and get this. So. Let's start. Let, let me just say this: soft Phillies, the soft pretzels in Philly are to like what crepes are to Paris, right? Yes, they, they're icons of the respective cities, woven into the fabric of our culture. When I was researching, David Brenner, the late great oh Philly comedian, had a memoir that yes. was called "Soft Pretzels with Mustard." That's right. That's how important they are. Now, most soft pretzels, and we're going to. Um, Adam's going to tell us all about it, but they're they're heart shaped and they got these the two round wings. Everybody knows what's the place the that's in every mall. The, the yeah, place, like yeah. Annie Anne's. Yeah, that kind of. thing. But in Philly, this is what I love about my town. Philly, it's been squashed we into in. a figure eight, and the texture on these pretzels is chewy, chewy. And I cannot talk about it anymore without breaking and off one and of these. And they're touching they and look, they're soft. First of all, I'm going to tell you right. I grew up in Philly. These look. Very authentic. They, they they look authentic, and then they're gonna you're gonna get a little taste that's a little different, a little different. Oh my god! That oh is my a, god! That is a chewy, br- mm. soft, soft pretzel. They said it couldn't be done. That's what they authentic said. Authentic Philly pretzels in Los Angeles, but I am here to attest with a mouthful of pretzels, which I know sounds good on podcast. Thank you. Mm. It sounds love- great. People love listening to me, I, too. I, I would listen to it all day. You nailed it, man. Thank you. You fucking nailed it. It's crazy. Holy shit. A, 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 and I'm not a baker. I'm not a cook. I'm not a so chef. So how did, how did this happen? Uh, by the way, let's, let's have some beer while we're let's doing this. Let's have some beer. I want to start with this. Um, well, this they, oak, they, yeah, October Oktoberfest. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Because we're eating pretzels. I got to stop eating. So this is. We're eating oh. pretzels. We should start with the Oktoberfest. And mm. I say oak. Oktoberfest. Oak age lager. 
5.2% alcohol. Matt Brindelson recommended this, the Master Brewer. Oof, this is a... Um, mm, hold on. Where's the glass? Okay. This is inspired by the classic uh, German Feist, uh, Fest beer. I like you know, a German October Fest, Fest beer. Yeah, who doesn't like that? It's. Let's see here. We go. Oh, yeah. See that? Light amber color going on here. Let's try this. That's a beautiful looking beer. Mm. Getting that toasty, biscuity flavor. And now I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chase it with a pretzel. I can't. I'm so excited for this right now. I'm so excited to have this. I need space. All right. I don't know. I, I can't imagine a beer complimenting the pretzel better than that one. Let me try. But we'll try the other ones. Oh, my God. But that's like all I really want. So Shappy's Pretzels and Oktoberfest, Oktoberfest beer from Firestone Walker could be the best that's the combo. liquid food combination I've ever had. Come on. I'm going on a limb right now. Preach. Mm. Tell them about it. Oh, my God. It's a good combo. All right, so you you and your wife, your yeah. wife was helping with this, right? I, here's how she helped. She was really pregnant. She was she was like I I am I need to get off my feet. You'd mm-hmm. handle the toddler. And I was like, "All right, what am I going to do with him every day of this pandemic, right? <laughs> like stuck at home." So I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to get him really into cooking. This is a perfect thing to do. He could get messy." And so that's when the pretzel thing started. Now, Katie substitutes for Kelly Ripa whenever Kelly Ripa goes so out Ka- on So, just so everybody knows, Katie Lowe's. Katie Lowe's is my wife, wife actress, on, beautiful. She's on Scandal and, right? She, mother of my two children. She was on Scandal for like 10 years. We were on Broadway together a bunch of years ago. Well, not that long ago. By the way, can I interject on this Broadway thing? Because I feel like there's got to be a connection here. Our, our East, the East Coast co-host, the official East Coast co-host on this show is also an actor who is also on The Affair, whose wife is also Colin Donnell. Oh, of course. You, you know Colin? Uh, his wife, it was... Patty Muir. It was Pat, who's an absolute Broadway legend. And she's the best. She's been on the show, but Colin's on the show and all Colin's, the time. he's back and forth to Chicago. Too. Oh, he gets to eat all that good Chicago He was on Chicago Med. We need to get some pretzels in Chicago. They, there's a lack of Philly... Soft, soft pretzels in Chicago. We got to get them. But yeah, Patty, I met while I was doing Waitress in, on Broadway, and we we I, and then I went to go see uh, A Star Is Born by myself. Uh, the, at mo- night. the movie, the movie, okay. And then I'm I'm waiting for line and popcorn, and who's in front of me? She's there seeing the movie by herself. So we ended up just having that. We became friends over this kind of like blind. She's the best. Movie date. She's amazing. By the way, I've already eaten half my pretzel, and I'm holding off because people that are not familiar with the Philly saw pretzel, the middle the best. is the heaven. The it's, middle part of that, and it's right here. It's right in front of me, and I, I I, almost... Oh. Now, here's the, here's with the this amazing... Beer, th- with this beer, it's so good. This is the amazing thing about Philly pretzels. So if you go to the Instagram, you can see the pictures, right? Mm-hmm. But Philly pretzels are connected from the moment they're baked. Most other things in a bakery, if they touch in the oven, you throw them out, right? Yeah. Philly pretzels are supposed to be connected, and it and it creates something that is quintessentially specific to a Philly pretzel, which is side pretzel. You know, like side boob. Yeah, and that you moisture, got side you get pretzel. that little moisture there. Yeah, too, yeah and there's you like a strip, them. and so and then also the thickness of the middle of the pretzel that's so great. Mm-hmm. It brings that thickness all the way to the edges because the entire Link the entire chain of pretzels is linked, and growing up in Philly, every other street corner there's a guy. There's a guy. He's got a he's got an old shopping cart that he stole. He just he's got, urinated. Just he, urinated. He's got brown bags, like brown lunch bags. Yep, stuffed 
with Philly soft pretzels, and it'd be like a dollar for like ten. Get that's yeah, crazy. A bunch of pretzels, and they give me. Now I did a little research here, Adam. You tell me what I got right or wrong. Mm-hmm. So the the good. oblong shape yeah. of the Philly pretzel is thought to have originated at the Federal Pretzel Baking Company in South Philadelphia as a side effect of automation. Exactly. When they started using conveyor belts in the 20s, it was easier to squish the pretzels together. You get more onto a sheet pan, more onto the conveyor belt. Exactly. Okay. It's it's a very Philly thing. It's very blue collar. It's like, how can we make more of these pretzels and how can we lower the price? Because our customers are blue collar, hardworking Philadelphians. Okay. So that one we got right. Now, the history of the soft pretzel in general... They say dates back to 610 A.D. Yeah, when French back. monks twisted mm-hmm. and folded extra bread dough into the shape of a person's hands, folded crisscrossed in on their chest. Oh, so that's true. Oh, yes. So, so basically, yeah. These monks, in fact, there were some monks in Germany that were making the pretzels at the bottom of the churches. And when they were at war with the Austrians, the Austrians were digging a tunnel to get into Germany. And because the monks were so far down underneath the church, they heard the tunneling, tipped off the Austrians, and the Austrians won, or tipped off the Germans, and the Germans ended up winning that war. I could have it backwards. It might be the Austrians. But uh, it was the pretzel makers that ended up uh, turning the tide on the war because they were down there making those pretzels. Damn it. But yeah, it, it does come from like underneath the church. Okay. Uh, the, the twist is is a part of uh, iconography that comes from well, yeah, like old it, uh, school religion. In fact, the priests used to give these pretzels to the little like the children the as rewards. Yeah, for like doing their prayers right. And they were calling them pretzels. 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 And then they were being hawked. And so street vendors. Now, in Philly, they say a street vendor named Daniel Christopher Kleiss was selling soft pretzels as early as the 1820s. Mm-hmm. And then, again, uh, you know, hand twisting was a point of pride. But then when the 30s came around, they started making them. Uh, Using the, machines. Either, yeah. I and hand twist them, by the way. You do hand twist. I don't have any machines. I love it. Other love than the it. oven. And they say the practice of spreading mustard on soft pretzels is traced to the fact that pretzels were commonly sold by hot dog vendors. Interesting. Who are already offering mustard, so they just put I some on I didn't know that part. Yeah. And finally, pretzels have had their own commemoration since 1983 when Congress designated April 26th. There it is. As National Pretzel Day. National Pretzel Day. I will throw in one more little tidbit. Okay. Those same priests that started to give those pretzels to the kids ended up, uh, as time went on, like hundreds of years, they started giving pretzels to newlyweds. And it is said that the knot in the pretzel is why we now say when you get married, you tie the knot. Oh. Now, there's like there's lots of different uh, stories about tying the knot. There's like not... There's not sim- symbolism in lots of... There's Judaism, there's knots. Catholicism, there's not. Scottish weddings, you tie a cloth around the, the, the bride and the groom in a knot. There's a lot of like knots that, that go with tying the knot and weddings. But, but I like the pretzel Supposedly, story. the first ever uh, use of the phrase tying the knot came from the ceremonial soft pretzel for the bride and groom tying the knot. Look at that. Now, you start doing these things during COVID, and then we start... But now they, it's, it's just Shappy's pretzels just took off. What happened? How did so it- basically, Katie was substitute. My wife was substituting for Kelly Ripa. I'm eating a pretzel. Hold on, Let me, me get too. some beer. Should we open another beer too? Yeah, let's open that. Let's eight, open that eight oh five. Let's open the eight oh five, and that's 
an iconic beer from Firestone Walker. I mean, it's it's the most famous beer, right? It's also yeah. my most f- uh, favorite marketing and logo of a beer. You cannot miss it. The what? black and the, oh, the white. Be- yeah, the black and the white. 805s and white uh, numbers against. It's very black- California. California, the yeah. 805. It's like it feels like it would be like on a a dope like leather biker vest. Yeah. All right. Let's get some of that in there. Um. So my wife substitutes for Kelly Ripa one day. Okay. And Ryan, Seacrest, as you do, this was this was when we were doing the show in our house. Normally, we go to New York. She did, she she used to show with Ryan in the studio, but during the pandemic, it's a live national broadcast in our living room, and I'm her only crew. Like, I'm okay. doing lights and sound and, like, everything for her. <laughs> That's amazing. She's like, how's my hair? I'm like, great. You look amazing. I don't know. You know? And uh, Seacrest says to Katie, what have you guys been snacking on during your quarantine? Just, you know, there was a question out during the chatter. Yeah. During the chat. And Katie's like, oh, my husband's obsessed with trying to make a Philly soft pretzel. That's all he does. He's probably making dough right now. And I was. I was like, yeah, I'll make a dough. I'm in the kitchen. So I jump on national TV, as one does, and I go, yo, Ryan, I'm bringing you pretzels tomorrow. You're trying some of these. And Ryan's like, I want some pretzels. I would love some. And uh, so the next morning, I wake up at four in the morning, I make a batch of fresh Philly pretzels, and I bring them over to Seacrest, to his house. And he eats them on national TV live. This is the next day. And, and by he- the way, Ryan, Ryan Seacrest is probably not a guy that eats pretzels very no. often. He's a zero this body This is his fat, first right? yeah. carb since 2003. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's, which not, was it's not the, a thing you do Yeah, here, which was yeah. when American Idol started. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I know that because I'm a fan. Uh, I love I love Idol. Okay, I love Seacrest. I love you. Um, so I get him the pretzels. He's eating them. And he says to the nation, everybody needs to buy Shappy's pretzels. Wow. These are the best pretzels I've ever had. But at life. this point, they're not commercially available, there's, right? There's not even a company Okay, commercially available. I'm just making them for me and my son, Albie, right? So I jump on TV and I'm like, no, Ryan, there is no Shappy's. Pre- Those are Seacrest pretzels. There's no Shappy pretzels. He goes, well, there should be. So I go into the kitchen and quickly buy ShappyPretzel.com, get Shappy Pretzel on Instagram, and I just make a one-page website that says, yo, your mall's pretzel can go fuck itself with a button that says Shappy Pretzel. And if you clicked it, it took you to the Instagram. And then it, the Instagram said, hey, this isn't a company, but if it ever is, I'll post on here and you could come get pretzels. And about a week in, we've got like 2,000 followers on the Instagram being like, how do we get these? So I said to Katie, I'm like, should I make them? And people could just come to the house. I mean, this is like <laughs> the middle of the pandemic. Yeah, She's like, people coming, like strangers coming to the house? I'm like, no, it's not going to be strange. Who's, who's going to buy my pretzels? I'm not even like a chef, you know? So she's like, all right, yeah, do it. I mean, whatever's going to make you happy, you know? So uh, middle of the pandemic, I put out a post saying, if anybody wants pretzels, come to my house. I'll make them for you. I'll give them to you in your car. And two weeks later, my street looked like In-N-Out Burger drive through I mean, it was pandemonium. And it was Eagles fans wearing full people with their faces <laughs> painted like they're at a Flyers game. I mean, it was like it started out all Philadelphians. But as word spread, all of a sudden... Like, people that had no affiliation with me, my career, Philly, nothing. Just showing up to get these pretzels. And then the news is doing reports, and celebrities are picking up the pretzels. And, like, every Philly celebrity has come and picked up the pretzels. It's been the craziest. Uh, and we're, we're, we're approaching one year right now. And we've sold, like, I don't know, something crazy. 100,000 pretzels or something. And I, I got to figure, as, as productions on TV and film start oh, ramping yeah. up, you're going to be getting... It's half our That's business. That's going to be craft services. It's the best. Yeah. I mean, especially in a pandemic where you're not allowed to like bring food trucks onto sets anymore, but like individually wrapped Philly soft pretzels with a little mustard. Yeah. Done. By the way, Easy. It, 
I know we were we were going crazy for the Oktoberfest, but it really, really tastes good, good with, with the, the 805. 805 too. This was you mentioned it's kind of it is that laid back California lifestyle that beer. It's an easy drinking beer. It's it's an iconic beer for California, but beyond too. I mean, all over the country, and I think this one has like it, a little bit sweeter to me. That's you know? what I was gonna yeah. say. It's got it's got it's it's uh, I think the with pretzels, it's like the less sweetness. I think because it's a like compliment. Mm-hmm. This is like I mean I I could just drink this all day. This is the meal. Is beer. What's your go-to drink? Yingling, baby. Oh, beer! beer. That was in my would, bottle. Would it, would it be beer more than <laughs> spirits or wine? Or oh, um, yeah, I would say between somewhere something between beer and and single malt whiskeys. I love a, I love a scotch, but I don't think. It, and I love obviously I love whiskey, but uh, beer is the way to go when it comes with to a pretzel. pretzel. It's got to be beer. All there's day. no other. There's no other way all to day. Do this. I mean, that's old school. I actually it comes think, from Germany. Uh, you know, I'm going to pull a little Ryan Seacrest here and say. We got to work to get Chappie's pretzels into I'm Firestone. In the, this, they call this place the Propagator. Oof. That's the name of the, That's the name of this facility. I we're like in. that. I think we got to get Chappie's pretzels in here. I, in a heartbeat. In fact, I'll, I have them in my trunk. Right, I'm ready. We get can start in. today. I, honestly, I think like we to do a real pretzel beer partnership would just be uh, unbelievable. Because I'm not doing. I'm not making the beer. I just want a. A dope no, beer Matt'll, like Matt'll make the beer. I'll make the pretzels. But how how are you going to, like you said, you mentioned your hand twisting, you're doing I mean, as things ramp up and it seems like they're, how are you going to keep up? Especially because you're going to be going back to work. I have no idea. That's the best part. You, have you gotten a commercial space yet? I have a commercial space that's awesome. It's owned by Rick Caruso, who owns like the Grove and the Americana. And the, so all the Caruso properties now are, are places where now you can find Shappy pop-ups. We've got yeah. Shappy pop-ups all over the city. And um, yeah, my, my idea is to just make the pretzels all over the country and then have them sold in really cool spots that are already there so it's not like there's going to be a shappy pretzel store it's going to be like oh i'm going to go to that awesome brewery in venice because they have really good beer and i know they've got shappy pretzels well and you it's know, like a licensing philly thing. fans travel well like I, there's a big it's philly community out here in los angeles especially so on the west I'm, side. Al- I'm already i go to a place called the garage to oh. watch eagles games and i'm already going we got to get these oh we got to get on them sundays in. forget yeah. about it and now we make them on sundays last last uh football season I took Sundays off because I didn't want to miss the Eagles games, and I was the, my only employee. But now that we have a team and we've got a big commercial bakery, like we could still we're going to be able to have, watch the Eagles and eat Shappy pretzels in L.A. Like that's oh. a dream come true for me. We can do it here too. Look at the TVs all over the place. It's a great place to now watch this, the Eagles again. I it'd be a great place to watch the Eagles not make the playoffs. Not make the playoffs. I I just I'm so enamored of this uh, this combo. The beer and the pretzel. It's so simple. You know, you know? what's cr- you know what we should tr- you should try the Oreo, the Oreo. Like, so yo, the, the yo, Oreo. Yo is, okay, is our that's kind of our that's our like Oktoberfest, right? We yeah. every, once in a while we we have this special pretzel with, we stuff it with Oreos and it's like a sweet oh, and no. a savory. Come over here, yeah. Let and me. literally, like in Philly, you could get, I mean, I you could get shot for putting an Oreo inside a soft pretzel <laughs> in Philly. It's, it's sacrilegious, but we're not in Philly. We're not. No. Look at us. We're in L.A. Look it's, at us. The living, sun is shining. Living the dream. 
All right, let's do this. Let's do the Oreo. With, with the Mind Haze. And let's do it with the Mind Haze, which is a hazy IPA. Good idea. It's a very sort of a tropical thing. This is a, uh, I would say, a, uh, well, let's try it, and then we'll, you, you tell me what you think, but let's. Uh, Oof. The get smell. That, the hop the, aromas oh, coming out of that That aroma thing. just blasting out of that beautifully crafted, designed can with the color all the way up to the top. And it's hazy. That. It's hazy. Okay. It's got that sort of like because this was made here in Venice, right? Like this was like a Venice. Uh, well, are they making that? Are they making that here? Or are they making it up in Paso? But in, it was, but Paso. it was designed in Venice. Like, wasn't it kind of conceived in Venice? The, the, the it gives me kind of a the, I lo- the vibe. The vibe is real Venice. Yeah. Like I want a tapestry of this can in my Venice apartment. I'm gonna try this right now. Let me take a sip here. Oh yeah. So that's like fruity. Super creamy. Fruity. There's like a luscious sort of lush mouth feel to that thing. It's it's a yeah. That's a good beer. Beer before that is glory. A really good says. beer. <laughs> I can I love that. Now can I try one of the? Uh, All right, you got to yo. You got to try the Ori yo. Ori yo. Yo just being rip, a word. Just rip these off as if you'd be. We were ripping a piece of challah on oh, Shabbos. Man. So this looks like a like a like a like a giant pretzel log or stromboli almost. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, 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 yeah, rip! Oh yeah, and what you got there is two double stuffed Oreos <laughs> in each one of those pieces. Oh, that means there's six double stuffed Oreos in this entire Oreo. Hold on, I'm taking a picture of myself eating this. Pretzel. This is going to be while I'm we, take a while picture we do of this. this Oreo. It, it, they're, they're, I, I've been stuffing so many things into these pretzels for the past year just to try things, and there, there's nothing I like more than a double stuffed Oreo. Oh. it shouldn't taste as good as it does. It, it doesn't make sense, but it, it just. It just oh. freaking works. I don't know. I don't, oh my god! I don't know. I, it's a miracle. A great miracle happens when when I put that Oreo inside that. Pretzel. How did you even think of it? I'm obsessed with Oreos. I put them in everything. I've put them in pasta before. The uh, th- our wedding cake was just a giant fucking pile of Oreos. <laughs> that was our wedding cake. With little shot glass of milk, you just go up there, you rip an Oreo off, you dunk it in. This so, is one of the best things I've ever had. I, 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 it's unbelievable. And, and I talk about it. Uh, oh it it might sound like I'm like being braggadocious when I talk about it. But the reason I talk about it the way I do as if I have nothing to do with it is because I don't have anything to do with it. The, uh, it just came through me. You know how those songwriters are like, I don't, I don't know how yeah. I wrote this song. It just, it just, I woke up one morning and it was just like, you know, like, just yesterday morning, sure. let me know you were. Like, it's like, like a song just popped in my head. It was like. I need to put two double stuffed Oreos inside of a pretzel right now. All right, let me ask you this: Assuming these things take off, the, the will Oreo be coming for theirs? What yeah, do you, hopefully. So what we have to do? Like, I what, can't, I'll, I'll give them all the money because you know they're going to come for. Oh them. yeah! So wait, wait a minute, buddy. Nabisco. Um, I can't wait. First of all, I've been trying to get Oreo to call me back for years. So if this brings them to me, this is a good problem. This would have. be amazing. Yeah. How dope would that be if Oreo was like, "Yo, you owe, owe us money." Oh my god, it's so good, and it's good for you. Now I don't use Oreo in the in the. It's very good for you. It's very good for your body and your soul and your, for your oh children. God. I think like, and I'm not a doctor. Ryan you know I'm not would a doctor. Lose his job. Forget if he about ate that because he would never. Yeah. Hmm. So the the I don't call I don't say anything about Oreos in my in my marketing on my website. You say I, I say I say Oreo. Yo. Yo. 
can I get a cold beverage? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not, and it, the way you said it exactly sounded like the beginning of cold beverage. By sure. G Love. Yo, which is, can I get a cold beverage? And let's yeah, have, which let's, is let's so Philly. Nobody's like, more Philly than G Love. Ah, there by we the go. way, it, I thought I knew most of the celebrities in Hollywood from Philly because you know we we're, we're, we attract each other. Now Philadelphians. You met, now you met me. Like, like yeah. yeah, like soft pretzels. Philadelphians mm. need to be connected yeah. to each other, right? We do. And we need to tell other people to go fuck themselves. I know a few more. I mean, I obviously, I know the Sunny guys. Now I know you. No, but like, I'm talking like Will Smith had these pretzels for his birthday. Like, oh, you don't just right. you don't just like hang out with Will Smith. Will Smith had these for his birthday. For his birthday. Did you know him? I know. Literally, like, how did he find them? Somebody who works for Will Smith's company had the pretzels and was like, "Oh, I got to get these to Will." Got them to Will, and then like a month later, like, "Hey, it's Will's birthday. We want to get him like a bunch of these." And I was like, "Yes, this is a dream come true for me." Not I mean, even because I wasn't even dreaming about a pretzel company. Just, who else would beat? I just got Saget. Seacrest. You could do Bob Saget. Saget, I've met. Cosby's He's, out of jail. Oh no, probably not. Yeah, we don't Cosby's know. out of jail. But I, he could go fuck himself, yeah, even and, though he's... And by the way, and the last thing you want to do is go drinking with Bill Cosby. You don't? That's what I'm saying. The last thing you want just don't do it. No, but yeah. you could eat pretzels with Bill Cosby because <laughs> I don't think you can slip a pill into a pretzel. He could make the salt look like... The, yeah. He could say, so oh, don't, yeah, don't, don't, don't eat the pretzels as with a, Cosby. As a public service announcement to anybody out there, if Bill Cosby invite... Even if they're Shappy's pretzels... Do not eat them. Don't go. Don't, don't go. Don't go, don't do it. Who else is famous in Philly? That's let's talk about Kevin Hart. Let's talk about oh Pink. Oh my God! Have you, have you? Let's talk about uh, Lil Dicky had the pretzels. Can oh. we talk about my boy Bradley Cooper having the pretzels on day three of the company? How about this? Guy comes on day one, like that day that I put out okay. that Instagram saying, "Hey, if you want pretzels and you're willing to take a risk on driving to some stranger's house to pick them up, who's making them in his kitchen? Come get the pretzels." And a person comes from who's related to somebody who works for Spielberg, right? Wow. The next day, she tells her her sister, uh, who who's executive producer at Spielberg's company, that he, she had these Philly pretzels, and she's like, "Oh, I got to get them for Bradley because Bradley's directing this film that we're, we're doing." So the next day, I get a phone call from a craft service guy, and I'm like, "Oh man, this is all, as an actor, like I've never heard from the craft service guy before." I'm like, "This is so cool." He's like, "Could you get like twelve pretzels to this set right now?" And I'm like, "Oh." It's not the way it works. Like, I, I'm making these in my kitchen. Like, I'm totally sold out for the day, and I just had these 12 pretzels here for, for somebody who's coming. And he's like, okay, because I'm working with Spielberg and Scorsese, and I'm like, yo, where are you at? Where are you Hold at? On. My schedule just opened up. Yeah, it turns out yeah. I'm making Hardly a U-turn. enough, I can do it. And so I went to the set, and it turns out it was because they wanted to surprise Bradley with these pretzels. And Bradley, I know. Bradley, I know, because we watch Eagles games together for the last 20 years. So and what he, did he What did he? Well, he was pretzels? shocked because, A, w- w- when your friend just shows up at your work, you're like, what the, what the hell are you doing here? And then when your friend's like showing up at work with Philly pretzels that he made, and you didn't even know that he made Philly pretzels because he didn't. Like, it all happened so quickly. Bradley was super confused and also very psyched that, like, all of a sudden he's holding a bag of, like, fresh Philly pretzels. Well, it really, I got I to gotta tell you, like, it really did bring me back as soon as I saw them. Because oh, yeah, the, it's the such smell a, and the... And it's the, such a unique thing. Again, no other pretzels that I know of look, look like, like these. And, and you have the, the textures down, even the way they're salted is down, because... What I love about the Philly pretzels, you do get that moisture on the on you the got to. on the skin. You know why that happens? Yeah, or on the crust, I guess. It's right the on the skin. crust. Yeah, it's like a skin. Because when do you, you, how do you get the moisture in there? So I I've got in the dough. I've got like you know I've got water. I've got milk. I've got butter, which actually like 
there's ingredients that I use that they don't actually don't use in Philly pretzels. But this is what I have discovered makes what I think is like the best tasting version of a Philly pretzel. But all that moisture gets trapped in when you dip the pretzel in baker's lye. That's the baker's lye is like the chemical reaction that happens that makes that kind of juxtaposition between that super chewy white interior and that hard shiny brown crust. That's what that's why you need to dip a pretzel in lye, right? When you put the salt on the pretzel, eventually as the day goes on, that salt starts to draw out the moisture from the pretzel, which is how ah. you get those little water pellets on the pretzel, which in Philly we have grown to love that. Love that. That yeah. means it's legit. If you don't get those water pellets on the pretzel, what, what are you eating? What are you eating? What, what, what are you eating? And by the way, before I let you go, I got to ask you, so show-wise, acting-wise, you're, oh you're, you're on Never Have I Ever. Which is dope. And the I've, second I've season had, I've had a, a buddy on here, uh, a Ben Norris, who's on the show. From Temple University. Temple University. I get all the Philly guys. Ben's been on the show before. Ben a, is a, the best. He's a, the nicest kid. It's he really so is. Fun. Yeah. I think of him as a kid. Because I'm his teacher on the show, and he's my student, and he plays a high school kid. But yeah. it's, it's funny that I, like, the majority of my time that I spend with him, he's my high school-age student, but he's not. I think of him as a kid because he is compared to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he does. Like, he is like He's a lot younger than me. His, he told all of his Temple boys, so I constantly have these Temple guys coming to the pretzel pop It's the best. So the, the show's killing it, right? It's doing really well. It's ridiculous. It's yeah, amazing. and it's, it's such a good show. I mean, it, it, I, as I said to Ben when he was on, it's not necessarily something I would— I'm not the target audience for it, but for some reason, but I still like it. Yeah, there's something about the more specific they make the show to this young Indian 16 year old girl's life. Strangely, the more universal it becomes. It's, it's like I'm true. like, whoa, this girl's high school experience is my high school experience. It's unbelievable. It, it really, the show is so. I also loved 80s high school shows. Sure, and Who like didn't? this yeah. one is. Exactly that vibe. Now, what else you got coming up? And then I got, uh, I'm shooting a movie in New York. Uh, next week, I go to shoot this movie. I can't even say the name of the movie. Okay. That's how fancy it is. Gotcha. And then I have, uh, I just did a play at the Center Theater Group down here, and they, and they filmed it. So the, it was like a huge movie production, but for a play. It was the first time I've ever filmed a play. Okay. Which is pretty dope. So that one's going to be available uh, this year to watch. And then we got a couple movies coming out. It's crazy. I'm just kind of like shit's going, juggling man. lots of different jobs, and now throwing and the now pretzels this thing in happens, it. which is here's a there's no way it already is happening. Adams already said, but there's no way this doesn't become huge because well, it, thank you. It's too good. I've I've never had an authentic tasting Philly pretzel outside of Philly until now. It, it doesn't and, exist, and it's so weird. And it's not because it can't be made outside of Philly. What I discovered is it's just the expectations of the of the local audience that you're you're serving it's like every cheesesteak that i have outside of philly they all they don't taste like philly cheesesteaks but the that city doesn't know that they don't taste like philly exactly. cheesesteaks, so they're down with it yeah. so there's a reason it doesn't and if they make it taste like a real philly cheesesteak actually it's not going to taste like a philly cheesesteak to the people in that town because they've grown up with philly cheesesteaks that taste like there, you know what I'm saying? This is reminding me of a, an interesting thing that I read about that show, Mayor of Easttown. Oh, yeah. Where they, na- like, they nailed like Winslet nailed the accent, accent. But they said people for don't- people in Philly, because I had a lot of people in Philly go, eh, they're not, it's not, 
And I'm like, no, no, you're wrong because I've been out of Philly for so long. That's I'm what like, it sounds no, like. That sounds exactly like I know. It. I'm like, no, it doesn't because they're so close to it. Yes. That it seems foreign to them to hear somebody else do it that they know, you know, and so they didn't think it was authentic. By the way, she nails Nailed. the accent. And it's yeah. so funny. I work with Kate on Steve Jobs. That's right. First of all, the coolest, like the all time coolest chick on the planet. <laughs> But she can slide into accents easier than I've ever seen. I'm, and, and she's not one of these people who's like, while she's doing the accent in a movie, she needs to then speak that way while you're off camera. She yeah. just goes like from goes her British in. accent to the Philly She does a better the- one. I, I can't do Delco. I mean, I've been I know. Go- it's I, like we can't imitate gone, it as good as she does. I've been gone for so long that, I mean, I can go back, say, Wooder and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and down the and shore. And down the shore. Yeah. But my, I can't. I cannot slip back into a full-on Philly accent because I've lost a lot of it. A lot of it. Like I, when I when I'm really talking about this beverage here, I say water. But right. in Philly, they're You're like I say water. 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 I love when I go back to Philly and I see guys I went to high school with who, in my mind, didn't have a Philly accent in high school because you. When you're in high school, you don't know if anybody's got Philly accents because that's you, you live there. Everybody talks that way. And then I show up for Thanksgiving, 25 years now removed from high school, and I run into like that guy I was in gym class with, and he's like, "Hey," and I'm like, "Wow, you sound like a Philly guy." <laughs> he's like, "Yo, Han, what did we see Shapiro on? We were down here. We were, we, the kids were downstairs. They were watching it. They love it. Oh, sweet life of Zach and Cody. Oh." <laughs> oh, that's what it was. We saw you on air. And you, I know you're on those commercials, too. We always see your goofy fucking ass on those commercials. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. See, you, got, you still You got sound it. like your dad. You can still do it. Um, folks, I want to, because I'm wrapping the show up today, I want to say, first off, I want to thank Matt Brindleson for, for coming on and learning me about these Firestone Walker beers. The guy is a legend. I want to thank him, and, too. No, and we're going to do this again with him. We're all together at the same time. Please. Uh, I want to thank Adam Shapiro and Shappy's Pretzels. Where do they go? It's S-H-A-P-P-Y Pretzel.com or Shappy Pretzel on Instagram. And then that'll just drive you to exactly where all the pop-ups are. They're all over L.A., and then if you're if you're listening and you're not in LA and you're salivating, I'm coming for you. He's coming. It's gonna happen. It's, it's gonna it just happen. takes a little bit of time. We're only eleven months old. Never have I ever is on is streaming right now. Season two. It is on Netflix. He's going to New York to do a top secret movie. I think it's with Steven Spielberg. I think you want him over with those pretzels. Mm-hmm. We'll I'll talk, let the, I'll let everybody believe that. We'll talk about it off the air. <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish up with this mind haze. It's so good, hazy IPA. And thank you, everybody out there. Follow me at the Imbiber. Uh, uh, whatever you know this. You're yeah, the coolest. Goes. Thank you. Get out of here, you. All right, guys. Bye. <laughs>